Hey guys, it's Sophia Amoruso, founder here at Girl Boss and host of the Girl Boss Rally, which is happening today. And today on Girl Boss Radio, we're getting real, but like real, real. So with ourselves, with each other, and with some of the remarkable thought leaders and game changers who are speaking at the Girl Boss Rally in Los Angeles. That's right, the editors of Girl Boss recorded this live so you can soak up some of the magic and inspiration of the rally at home in your PJs. This special episode was made in partnership with Secret Deodorant because while the highlight reel looks glorious for every business founder and goal chaser, it's the messy, untold stories and sweat-inducing moments that make for the very best stories and life lessons. Enjoy. I'm Melissa. I'm an editor at Girl Boss, and I'm here today with Jen Gotch, who's the founder and chief creative officer of Bando. You got it. How are you doing, Jen? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, being here today, I think I'm reminded most that I'm a creative entrepreneur and not just a straight up entrepreneur. And I think that's important for people to kind of di- differentiate because the paths are different. So I spend most of my time creating things at work, but I've also personally been able to dig into a little bit more of like mental health advocacy. I mean, at 46, I thought I was kind of solid in what I was doing for the rest of my life, but it's been like a great change for me to be able to add like some additional meaning to what I was doing. So tell us about a time you navigated a big change that you knew was going to be positive and how you overcame the fear, self-doubt and the other obstacles you may have faced along the way. Ooh, that sounds like every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big question. I'm not super goal oriented and I'm not, I'm a very in the moment type of person. And so I think I've had a lot of what you're asking about and I haven't noticed that it was happening or even introspected on that because it's like we sold the business, you know, and that was probably a huge deal. And I think like while it was happening, I was just like, I mean, I guess this is just normal. And like, this is what we're doing today. And had I known more of what was at stake and what the risks were, I probably would have been more fearful and wrapped up in that. But instead sort of had the opportunity to just like experience it and, and be excited. I guess it's sort of like if you jumped out of a plane, but you had never seen a video of someone going, you're like, this will be fun. (laughs) So I think it's like, you know, it's more about not those singular experiences, but just like the approach to each day. And even though I live with like a baseline of fear and anxiety, you know, when I, when it's like momentous things, I don't think I apply. I probably had more anxiety just finding the drop-off point for the Uber today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was kind of complicated. (laughs) I was with someone. I'm like, you're going to have to be in charge of this. I can't (laughs) handle it. (laughs) What's the one piece of advice you want to make sure every woman who admires you and your work hears and internalizes? Oh, gosh. I know. Um, Well, until you said the second half, I was going to say someone told me once you should be writing this down. And I was like, that is very good advice. I was like 24 at the time. And I was like, you don't, I, my brain remembers everything. Now at 46, I'm like, not only do I write it down, but I record it and I have someone else write it down and I put it in a Google doc. But beyond that, I would say, you know, really keeping your perspective in the right place. I told you about being an annoying optimist. If you want to look at the world as um, 
problems and challenges and this is what's happening to me. You could have the same set of circumstances, but look at it, you know, through the lens of like, these are these are good things. This is like life has ups and downs, and and I wasn't always that way. But when I shifted to that, it just made everything incrementally easier. And it doesn't mean I mean if if you're aware of who I am, then you know that like a lot of days are not great for me. But I think if I ha approached it from a place of negativity, I would be like, I definitely wouldn't be in this cute booth recording <laughs> a podcast with you. So I think it's just like important to, to, I hate to just say stay positive because that sounds like a poster with an eagle on it or something. But I think it's just like keeping a positive and hopeful perspective is important. I'm here with Sarah Kunst, who's an investor and entrepreneur. Hey, Sarah. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, this is awesome. This is so much fun. Yay. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I like to hang out with amazing women who are changing the world. Um, and I get to do that because I am a investor. And so I invest in awesome female-led companies, not just female-led companies, but whenever I take pitches, the ones I end up falling in love with and writing checks for tend to be women. So... I love it. That's amazing. Okay, so tell us about a time you navigated a big change that you knew was going to be positive and how you overcame the fear, self-doubt, and any other obstacles you may have faced along the way. Hmm. Well, I moved from, I've actually moved, like, I've moved cities twice in my adult life. So I moved to New York after college and, and you know, was excited to get out of my little college town. But then New York to San Francisco and then San Francisco to L.A., um, both times it, it feels like a big change. And it's sort of like that new, like, starting a new school. I'm going to have to make new friends. Like, I don't know anybody. Where am I going to live? Where's my gym? Where's my grocery store? And so a lot of it in the timing never feels quite right because even if you don't love where you live, it feels like you're going to just dis distract and, and like uproot yourself so much and then eventually you just have to bite the bullet. So for me when I moved from San Francisco to LA a friend of mine mentioned that they liked my apartment and were looking for a new apartment and I was like okay um, I'm gonna email my landlord and you can take it but you have to move in three weeks because I knew if I didn't do that I would never move and then I just did it. I love that. Grip it and rip it. Yeah exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you have to. What's the one piece of advice you want to make sure every woman who admires you in your work hears and internalizes? I think that the most important thing to know is that you have a right to do whatever you want to do. I think a lot of times, like I can't, people always come up to me like, should I start this company? Should I do this? Should I marry this person? Should I move here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not Miss Cleo. Like I don't have a crystal ball. But what I do know is you need to do things that you want. And if you want to do something and it's not, you know, hurting anyone else, it's the right thing to do. And sometimes you do actually have to hurt other people. Right. But like, you know, if you're getting a divorce or something, not like punching someone in the face. But I think you have to like listen to yourself and your own true north and do what's right for you, even if that doesn't look like the logical next step, or even if that seems risky or seems too safe or seems whatever, right? I have, uh, my mom stayed at home. My mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was growing up. And so many times you'll hear women talk about like, women have to work. I'm like, no, women have to do whatever the, whatever they want to do. And for some women that stay at home. For a lot of women, that's work. And it's only a problem when there's not the flexibility to choose what you want to do. Thank you. That is like feminism is about choice. And that's yes. something that like I, I don't know how like 
this one idea of what it looks like that it's being in a boardroom that it's doing this particular it's like wearing thing. wearing a suit. I would never wear a suit unless a suit company wants to sponsor me. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it, there's not one way to be a woman. And if we go from being like, here's the only way to be a woman, you know, be a stay-at-home mom and have dinner on the table at five. And then we go to another way of here's the only way to be a woman. To be a girl boss means that you have to, like, have the corporate job. You have to want to be a millionaire. Like, there are tons of people who are like, dude, I don't really want a lot of money. I want, like, a life I love, a small house that I love. Like, I want the flexibility. Like, being a girl boss is getting to be in control of your own life, whatever that looks like. Hi, I'm Neha Gandhi. I'm the editor-in-chief of Girl Boss. I am here today with Shelly Zalis, and she is one of the incredible speakers we've had at the Girl Boss Rally. Yay, I had, I had such a good time speaking with everyone today because the audience is so passionate and they're here because it really is so important to them and they all are girl bosses you could feel that energy in the room the energy is really good yeah, amazing so tell us a little bit about yourself oh gosh I have so many different dimensions of me but my career has been a very non-linear one I always say I zagged when others zigged uh, mainly because my whole journey has not been in a textbook and I never know what's next for me until I get there but when I do and it feels right I keep going um, and, 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 you know, I started in market research, a very traditional job in a market research company, and slowly, you know, rose the ranks. I was um, the only female CEO in the top 25 my whole career. Um, wow. So I really was never surrounded by female mentors, although I did have plenty of women in my life that I admired and taught me about business development and how to develop relationships and, and really create partnerships that would be long-lasting. But I never had female mentors that showed me that you can have one life, which includes a career, a family community, friends, and the one element all of us forget about is ourselves, you know, putting ourselves in that equation. Um, the women that I knew at the top had always been, you know, fairly competitive because there's such a scarcity of jobs at the top for women and also sacrificed quite a bit. And they were women that I looked at saying, God, I so admire their business acumen and, and how they develop relationships, but I don't want to not be a, a great mom and, you know, participate. That trade-off sounds really difficult. So I'd love to talk about like an experience that you've had where you propelled yourself forward in the name of progress, but you experienced doubt or a setback or fear even. And how did you overcome that? You know, it's funny. I, I, I have failed so many times. And, and I always say you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I am very comfortable being uncomfortable, uh, mainly because if you're too comfortable, it means you're not trying something new. You're not challenging yourself. You're not breaking the mold. And Catherine Hepburn always says, if you obey all the rules, you miss all the fun. So I've been breaking the rules, you know, from, I think from a, as a 26 year old girl, I started breaking the rules. And, and once you start breaking them, you realize, A, it's a lot more fun. You create the new rules. You know, you got to get rid of the junk in the trunk to put new stuff in. And when other people start following with you, that's when change truly happens. So I, I, I think when I was about 26, I had this crazy idea to migrate research from offline to online. And everyone told me it wasn't the right time. I was too ahead of myself. No one was online except wealthy old men with broadband. 
And I, I had to believe in myself and find my own voice and, and find my confidence because no one certainly was handing that to me on a silver platter. And I left to start my own company. No one came with me. And I had to create these new rules and these new systems and these new games and these new challenges to get people to say yes. Because what I realized was there's always a yes. You just have to find a way to get it. And it's not necessarily the obvious way. And, you know, I, I can tell you a million stories about how I got yeses because they were actually quite wonderful. But today I encourage everyone to, to follow what I always say, follow your heart, follow your passion. You know, I hire for passion. I train for skill. Oh, that's smart. Unless you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. You might need a little, a, a little skill, skill. <laughs> in that capacity. Yeah. You're behind the scenes right now with the amazing women at the April 28th Girl Boss Rally Los Angeles. You'll hear more live insights after a word from our partner. You might not know this, but Secret was the first deodorant brand made especially for women. That means since 1956, they've been giving women the protection and confidence to go after what they want, just like our listeners are doing every day. And while a lot of progress has been made for women since the mid-50s, there's still so much work to do. Women are still facing wage inequality, still being labeled and judged, still feeling unsafe at times, and still fighting that much harder for what we deserve. Secret believes that progress comes from persistence, from showing up every day and never feeling like you need to back down. After all, you're your own secret weapon. That's why Secret is committed to being there every day by your side and under your pits with products that won't quit. Check out Secret's latest products at a major retailer near you. Go to secret.com to learn more. Now let's get back to more powerful conversations with these amazing women. Hi, my name is Teresa. I'm the associate editor here at Girlboss, and I'm sitting here today with Moj, who is the CEO of BeautyCon Media. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm the CEO of BeautyCon. We are a media, consumer goods brand, and festival business, and we really focus on young audiences between 16 and 29. And we're really known for being the sort of challenger within the beauty industry, uh, cha- changing the culture around that conversation. Awesome. We brought you here because we want you to tell us about a time you navigated a big change that you knew was going to be positive, and then how you overcame the fear, the self-doubt, and other obstacles you may have faced along the way to that. A big change that I've recently overcome that uh, I knew I would overcome that is positive is I just had a baby boy with my partner six weeks ago. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's a big change, and that's positive. So those two things. How did I navigate it? I think I went into it the kind of the way that I went into entrepreneurship, which is it was going to be a grind. It was going to be a hustle and that there was joy to be had in the failure. I'm really realizing through the process that having a baby is really good for you as an entrepreneur. You learn a lot from them. They're really smart. I think I enlisted a lot of help from my other female founders. I enlisted a lot of support from other moms. And I've just been pretty open about it versus trying to pretend like nothing really happened and just being like transparent. What's one piece of advice you would want to make sure every woman who admires you and is familiar with your work 
what's that one piece of advice that you would want them to hear and then internalize? You should be your own number one fan. Like, beyond self-love. Like, self-love is, like, cool, but, like, you should fangirl yourself a little bit. I think, like, there's something to be said for exposing how dope you are, not, like, in a braggy kind of way, but, like, if you're awesome at something, like, you should just be real about the fact that you're awesome at certain things. Like, owning what you know and what you're good yeah, at. Yeah, and I think, like, be willing to, like, promote it. Because like, I know so many women who are, like, incredibly modest about, like, what they're wicked at. And mm-hmm. you're, like, you're amazing at, like, whatever this thing is that you do. You should be, like, talking about that. You know, I meet a lot of kind sweet gentlemen who are like okay at stuff yet they like go and tell everyone that they're like killers like I think one of the funnest stats I've ever heard is that men apply for roles when they're 24% qualified for a job Mm -hmm. versus women only apply for a role if they're 86% qualified so I think that's like something that we need like the day of reckoning around that needs to really happen yeah it's like we're so quick to sing the praises of like our friends like I'm not good at that the amount of times I've worked with women and they'll tell me they're not qualified to do the job that I think they can do mm-hmm. is always. Wow. And it's bonkers because you're like, huh? Like, you know, they can do it. It's just... I don't know that they can do it. I'm willing to try. Okay. You know, like, I don't know if they can exactly do it, but I'm willing to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Right. But they'll just sort of say like, oh, I'm, I'm sure you can find someone who's more qualified than me. You're like, well, yeah, I'm sure I can. Yeah. But like, the question is. You're, you're right here, and I think you're pretty amazing. So, like, I want to try and see if you can make a go of it. And they're generally willing to sort of say to me, there's probably someone more qualified, which is I don't find that to be I, – I don't actually recall a time in where I've ever heard that from a gentleman. And I am here today with Laura Wasser. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm having a blast. Could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, our listeners at home who maybe aren't familiar with who you are, what you do? Yes, I am a family law attorney. I've been practicing for about 25 years. Family law is a euphemism for divorce law. And this past January, I launched an online divorce website so that folks can go on and mediate their divorce online, move through the process much more cost-effectively and amicably than they do as I've been able to observe in my 25 years of practice. It's over easy, right? It's over easy is the name of the company, <laughs> and it's online. It has a great content wall so that you can get information about breakups, divorces, and then it has an amazing provider directory on the other end. Can you tell us about a time that you navigated a big change that you knew was going to be positive and how you overcame like the fear, the self-doubt and the other obstacles that you faced along the way? I would say second to having children and being in the workplace as an attorney, the other biggest good change that I've navigated was starting this company and knowing that I have to continue doing my litigation job and running our firm in addition to working at a startup, uh, managing people that are on the site and really, really marketing and getting the word out as part of a press tour that we did in January. I managed it by having a lot of balls in the air, taking deep breaths, and just telling myself, this is all good. It's going to be okay. In that experience, what was the toughest lesson, you know, that you learned along the way? Maybe like a moment where you failed in some respect, but you learned something or one where maybe you were confident that an idea would work out, but maybe it didn't. I think one of the 
things that I have a hard time navigating is time. I often say to people, if there was 27 hours in every day, I'd be fine. And so there have been times, particularly over the past few months, where I'll look at my schedule and I'll say, I can do court in the morning, then I can do this lunch meeting, and then I can still be at the school for the parent-teacher conference by three. And I've been late, or my kids have been disappointed, or maybe one of my clients that I was supposed to show up for. I think a big lesson to all of us is give yourself enough time so that you can do the best job at all of your jobs well, and also don't beat up on yourself too much, because if you didn't get it right this time, you'll get it right next time. What's the one piece of advice you would want to make sure every woman hears and internalizes? Can I do two? Yeah, absolutely. So one is that, again, I I think it's very important as women that we, in any field that we're in, particularly business-wise, we try to know who we are when we're having something to say. And I would say, if you speak softly, they will lean in to hear you. You don't have to yell. You don't have to be a dude, pound your chest, pound the table. Speak softly and calmly, and you are often the one that they will listen to because they have to. They have to be quiet to hear you. And then the other one is, it's a quote that I'm going to read you because it's been really helpful to me. Finish each day and be done with it. You have done what you could. Some blunders and absurdities no doubt crept in. Forget them as soon as you can. Tomorrow is a new day. You shall begin it serenely and with too high a spirit to be encumbered with your old nonsense. In other words, get it done, move on, don't beat yourself up. And tomorrow is a new day. Exactly. You've been listening to a very special edition of Girl Boss Radio presented in partnership with Secret. I hope you guys got just as much out of those inspiring insights as I did. It's a testament to the power of persistence. Because if you know anything about progress, you know reaching it means you never back down and never quit. And see, even the brightest and most accomplished women in their field didn't always have it together. So cherish your challenges and cherish your mistakes. Be there for the people who might learn from them and be grateful for the resilience they build in you. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for more amazing stories from brilliant women.